Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. What can you do to change the condition of your heart? Absolutely nothing. You can't change the condition of your heart, but God can. God can change your heart today. The heart that is hard, that is shallow, that is thin. He'll change it if you'll ask Him to. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress. Why do some people receive the gospel with open arms while others reject it? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress opens to the parable of the sower to discover why some hearts are more receptive to the good news than others. It's a message called Matters of the Heart. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. As David mentioned, yesterday we launched our next Bible study plan. Over the next few weeks, I want you to join me in a fascinating journey through the parables of Jesus, or what I've called Jesus' favorite stories. Now, as you and I traveled this journey together on this program, I've prepared something else for you. It's a brand new book for the child in your life, and it's called Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids. You may already have a copy of a children's book I've written in the past, but this one takes a whole new direction. In this new book, I share 10 easy Bible lessons from the lips of Jesus Himself that provide a spiritual foundation for your kids. These lessons will help your child or grandchild or perhaps a niece or nephew grow in their faith as they come to understand more about God and His Word. And this new children's book is yours when you give a generous gift today. But here's the best part. Right now, when you give, we'll be applying your gifts toward the matching challenge that became active just yesterday. Because of this generous gift that was established for Pathway to Victory, every dollar you give right now will be automatically doubled until we reach the exciting total together. You can give with confidence knowing that your generosity doubled in ministry impact will connect the next generation to the firm foundation of God's Word. I'll say more about my new children's book and the matching challenge later. But right now, let's focus our attention on a story Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13. I titled today's message, Matters of the Heart. Why doesn't everyone who hears the message of the kingdom receive the message of the kingdom? Jesus explains it in this parable. Look at verse 3 of Matthew 13. And Jesus spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. Some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. The point is, this hard soil could not receive the seed. And then in verse 5, there was a second kind of soil, the thin soil. Look at verse 5. And other seed fell upon the rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they weathered away. That was thin soil. Now look at verse 7. The third kind of soil Jesus talked about was the weed-infested soil. 
Verse 7, and others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came and choked them out. Underneath the soil in many places was a vast network of weeds. And when seed fell on this weed-infested soil, it would implant itself. But the weeds that had been there much longer would overtake the roots and strangle the life out of the plant. There is a fourth kind of soil in verse 8, and that was the good soil. Look at verse 8. And others fell on the good soil, and it yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, what is the purpose of this story? Jesus makes it very clear beginning in verse 19 that the seed, and I want you to write this down, the seed represents the word of God. And the sower represents anyone who spreads the word of God. Anyone who spreads the word of God. Doesn't have to be a paid professional like me. It's anyone who teaches or shares the word of God, whether it be a Sunday school teacher, whether it be you and sharing your faith with an unbeliever, or you sharing a word of exhortation with another Christian. The sower is anyone who spreads the word of God. Well, why is it? That the word of God has such different responses among different people. Why do some people readily accept the word of God and other people soundly reject it? It all has to do with the condition of a person's heart. It's a person's heart condition that determines whether he receives the seed or he rejects the seed. And that's the point that Jesus is going to make beginning in verse 19. He says the hard heart, the hard soil represents the impenetrable heart. The impenetrable heart. Look at verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. This hard heart is the result of someone who has rejected and rejected the truth that has been shared with them. I heard a statement years ago I have never forgotten. A man's morality determines his theology. When a person is living as a rebel against God, he doesn't want to believe there is a creator to whom he is responsible. He allows his morality or lack thereof to choose for him the philosophical position that will allow him to continue in his unbelief. By the way, you find that in the book of Romans. Remember Romans chapter 1? Paul explains how everyone can have a knowledge of God. Just by looking at creation, you can know there is a God. And those who accept that knowledge, God gives more light and leads them to know Jesus Christ. But those who have rejected the light that God gives them, remember what the Word of God says? God gives them over. He gives them up to debauchery and immorality. And thus begins that endless cycle of rejection, sin, unbelief. Rejection, sin, and unbelief. Did you know it's possible to say no to God once too often? It is possible to so reject the truth that you receive that you come to a point that you are no longer able to receive the truth of God. You see a great illustration of that 
in the story of Pharaoh. In the book of Exodus, remember Moses came to Pharaoh asking for release for the Israelites. And the Bible says ten times God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And then it says ten other times Pharaoh hardened his own heart so that he could not believe. He could not obey God. Some people say, well, that's unfair. That's unfair that uh, God would harden a person's heart that he couldn't believe. It's unfair that God would harden Pharaoh's heart and then judge him for that. By the way, Paul addresses that in Romans 9 when he says God will harden whomever he chooses to harden. But what's interesting in the story of Pharaoh is, yes, it does say that God hardened his heart. But Pharaoh hardened his own heart seven times before the first time that God hardened his heart. You see, when we reject the truth that God has given us, there comes a point in time in which God will harden our heart so that we cannot believe. This is the heart that Jesus is talking about here, the impenetrable heart. There are some of you listening to me right now. You have heard the gospel over and over and over again, and yet you've rejected it. And right now, your heart is very dangerously close to that point that it will no longer be able to receive the truth of God's word. The impenetrable heart. Uh, The second kind of heart Jesus talked about in verse 20, that's the shallow heart. Remember in verse 20, and the one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who immediately hears the word of God and receives it with joy. Verse 21, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. The shallow heart. I bet you know people like this. Perhaps you're a person like this. This is the person who hears the gospel at a revival meeting and immediately responds. Or the person who experiences some miraculous healing in his life and suddenly it turns him into a believer and he's on fire for the Lord. He's at church every time the church door is open. He's sharing his faith with anyone and everyone. In many ways, he's like that plant that blooms larger and more quickly than those around it. And everybody looks at this person and says, man, what has gotten hold of him? I wish I could be like that. It's the person who immediately receives the gospel and has has great fruit in his life, or at least it appears that way. But then something happens. A trial comes into his life. He or she becomes ill, or they lose a loved one, or they suffer a financial setback, and... Because they have no foundation. Because they haven't developed that deep underground relationship with God that is built on more than just experience, but it's built on the truth of God's Word. When trials come into their life, they fall apart. They fall away. You never hear from them again. By the way, You know, a lot of times in the church, we talk about the value of trials. We talk about how wonderful trials are. (laughs) St. James 1, you know, uh, count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's true. Sometimes. But not all the time. 
The fact is, sometimes trials strengthen us. Sometimes trials destroy us. It all depends upon our foundation. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 7? He said, here are two people. And the storms of life start to beat upon them. One's life falls apart, but the other stands. It all depends on whether or not you have a strong foundation. A foundation built not just on experience, but on the truth of God's word. The shallow heart. And then thirdly, there is the infested heart. Look at verse 22. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the person who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The infested heart. This is a person who is seated out there right now in our congregation. They look like, they appear like everyone else. But right now, if your heart is infested, you're having a hard time concentrating on the message this morning. You're thinking about your to-do list. You're thinking about that meeting you have coming up this week. You're thinking about all of these things and your mind is distracted and the word really can't take root in your life because spiritual life is being strangled out by the worries of this world. And by the way, notice of all of the things in this life that can choke out your spiritual life, he singles out a love for money, the deceitfulness of riches. There is something about money, a preoccupation with money that absolutely destroys any buddings of spiritual life. That's why Paul said, for the love of money, not money, the love of money, is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pain. The infested heart. And finally, there is the soft heart or the fertile heart. Verse 23. And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit, And brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Well, you notice that in this particular type of soil, this is the climax of the story. This is the only soil that actually brings forth fruit. You see, in the other types of soil, the first type of soil, the seed was snatched away before it could ever take root. In the second and third types of hearts, there was the budding of spiritual life. But still there was no fruit. No, it's only in this final kind of soil that fruit is produced. And by the way, and that's Jesus' point over and over again. The sign of true spiritual life is fruit. Where there is no fruit, there is no spiritual life. Warren Wiersbe, in his little book on the parables makes it clear that none of the first three conditions of the human heart represents someone who is genuinely saved. Wiersbe says, the proof of salvation is not listening to the word of God or having a quick emotional response to the word of God or even cultivating the word of God so that it grows life. The proof of salvation is fruit. For as Christ said, you shall know them by their fruit. 
What kind of fruit? I could mention all kinds of things. A love for God. A sincere desire to obey God in every part of your life. The fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5. Love, self-control, freedom from anger. But the Bible is very clear. Without this kind of fruit in your life, it gives evidence that there is no spiritual life. This parable is a parable that calls for some very serious self-examination. Is there fruit in your life? Again, Jesus makes it very clear. Not every Christian produces the same amount of fruit. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. But where there is life, there is fruit. Where there is no fruit, there is no life. What's the significance of this story for us today? May I mention two applications of this message, the significance of the story. First of all, when we spread the word of God, when we share God's word with others. Remember, our job is not to manufacture the message. Our job is simply to spread the message. Sometimes people will ask me, Pastor, how do you feel when you stand down here and you give the invitation? And nobody comes forward. We just feel so sorry for you. (laughs) You must just feel awful. Not really. I'm always sorry when people don't respond to the truth of God's word. But you know, I'm not responsible for the response. My job is simply to spread the message. To share the truth. The response is between the listener and God. And by the way, that's true for you as well. There are some of you right now, you have somebody in your life who is not yet a Christian. You know you need to share the gospel with them, but perhaps you're hesitant to do so because you're not sure how they will respond, whether they will accept it or reject it. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is simply to share the truth. It's the condition of their heart that determines the response. Maybe you know a fellow Christian in your life and they're living apart from God. There is a word of exhortation you need to share with them from God's word, a word of correction. And again, you're hesitant because you don't know how they'll respond. You're not responsible for the response, only to share the truth. And the second application applies to us when we listen to the word of God. When we listen to the word of God. Some of you right now, you've heard the message of salvation over and over again. Yet you haven't responded. Remember, even if you feel like responding right now, you won't always be able to respond. It is possible to harden our hearts so against God that we can't receive the truth of his word. Perhaps there's some of you, uh, you're like the person. There was a time maybe years ago when you received the message and you were so excited about your relationship with God. But your lack of spiritual foundation or the concerns of this world, they have strangled out the love you once had for God. You are totally focused on this world instead of the next one. What can you do to change the condition of your heart? Absolutely nothing. You can't change the condition of your heart. But God can. 
And he promises to do so if you'll ask him. Listen to his words through Ezekiel the prophet. Ezekiel 36 verse 26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. God can change your heart today. The heart that is hard, that is shallow, that is thin. He'll change it if you'll ask him to. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. There are some of you that have heard the gospel message over and over again. This may be your last opportunity to hear the gospel before your heart is closed. The truth of the gospel is simply this. God loves you. He created you. But even though God loves us and created us, we have wandered away from Him. But the God who made you is the God who instituted the plan to rescue you. And that's why He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Today, If you understand that you need Christ as your Savior, you didn't come to that understanding on your own. God has given you the ability to understand that truth and to respond to it. But right now, even though you feel that need to trust in Christ right now, just because you feel it today doesn't mean you'll feel that desire tomorrow. That's why it's so important. In just a moment, if you feel God moving in your heart, you respond to His invitation. Maybe there are others of you here today, you made that decision a long time ago. But your spiritual life is near death right now. It's been strangled out by the concerns of this world. And you would say, Pastor, I'm coming today to ask God to change my heart. To give me a focus on Him and on His purpose for me. Today I'm coming to rededicate my life to serving God. If so, we welcome you. We invite you to come. Father, how we thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who takes your eternal word and uses it to convict us of our need for a right relationship with you. Father, I pray no one would harden their heart against you. For it's in the saving name of Christ we pray. Amen. These stories of Jesus capture our imagination and curiosity, don't they? More importantly, The parables of Jesus help us understand issues of the heart. At Pathway to Victory, we view ourselves as a seed-throwing ministry. Isn't that a helpful word picture? Every single day, God gives us a half hour of radio time to cast the seed of His Word all across the country and around the world. We never know whether those seeds fall on hard or fertile soil. But we pray that God will use His Word to take root so that lives are changed by His Spirit and for His glory. Honestly, we can't throw the seed by ourselves. It takes visionary friends like you to help us. And there's never been a better time to step forward with your generous gift. Pathway to Victory is the recipient of a matching challenge that will help us grow our ministry in the coming year. In this arrangement, every dollar you give will be automatically doubled. And right now, when you give toward the matching challenge, you're invited to request a brand new children's book that I've written for your family. 
Jesus Christ is the only hope for our nation and our world. And I believe it's our duty as parents and grandparents to ignite this flame of hope in the hearts of the children we love. My book, Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids, is fully illustrated and equips your children with the truth in a fun and meaningful way. So, pick up the phone, go online to ptv.org, or write us a letter today. And when you include a generous gift toward the Matching Challenge, I'll be sure to send you a copy of my brand new book, Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous year-end donation toward our Gospel Advance Matching Challenge, we'll say thanks by sending you Jesus' Favorite Stories for Kids. It's the brand new illustrated children's book by Dr. Robert Jeffress. To request your copy, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, we'll send you the complete unedited CD and DVD sets for our current study called The Parables, Jesus' Favorite Stories. It's perfect for your small group Bible study or Sunday school class. And don't forget, because of our Gospel Advance Matching Challenge, your gift to Pathway to Victory will be matched and therefore doubled in impact. So be sure to get in touch right away. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or visit ptv.org. You can also send your donation by mail. Write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. How can you tell when someone's faith is genuine or fake? Find out next time when Dr. Jeffress explains how to spot a phony. That's right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.